Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ, who takes our sinful our flesh with him into heaven, where he sits at God's right hand with all authority, as all of heaven welcomes the return of its victorious king. The Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and minds to overflowing with praise and thanksgiving as he shares with us the spoils of his victory now and for all eternity. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Ascension Day celebrates the victory of the Son of God, who left his Father's house to shed his blood in the battle against the hosts of evil, and now returns with his mission accomplished. Our Lord ascends to the throne of his Father and exchanges the crown of thorns and the reed of mockery for the scepter of universal sovereignty. The exalted Christ gathers his people together to worship him this evening to share his triumph, and he commissions them to proclaim it to the world. And so with that in mind, we can call Ascension Day the birthday of the invisible church, just like we call Pentecost the birthday of the visible church. Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost all reach their fulfillment in the ascension of our Lord. And the lordship of Christ is the basis of the church's mission. For it is he alone to whom has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and who gives the church its task of making disciples of all nations, and gives the power of the Holy Spirit to carry that out. The gospel text of the ascension directs our thoughts to heaven, where our Lord has gone to prepare a place for us, so that where he is, we may be also. And the hymns, the wonderful hymns that we get to sing on Ascension are not only filled with great joy, but they also have a certain stately royal quality to them, befitting an inauguration or a coronation. For the Ascension of our Lord is the occasion of his enthronement, the coronation of Jesus on the throne of God in heaven. And that's important for us to realize today. That Jesus, true God and true man, has ascended and is at the right hand of God the Father. That as we confessed in the creed that, that Jesus became true man, and not just for a little while. He didn't just use his human nature for a while and just throw it away when he was done with it. The Son of God in our human nature has been permanently and inseparably united in Jesus. And so, in his ascension, it's not just Jesus' divinity, but also his human nature and our human nature that is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. What Adam gave up, Christ has restored. What Adam cast down in shame, Christ has lifted up in glory. Which means that that's our brother there at the right hand of the Father on the throne of God, ruling all things for our good. That is most definitely a reason for us to celebrate with great joy this evening. And the disciples, they seem to get that. We heard from Luke that after watching Jesus ascend, the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They weren't sad that their friend and master left them. Rather, they were overjoyed that his rule and his authority would continue. 
And so with that in mind, this royal enthronement and coronation, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time return the kingdom to Israel? Now, I think we usually dismiss that question thinking that the disciples still don't get it. They're still thinking wrongly about an earthly kingdom. And maybe that's the case. But notice here that Jesus doesn't scold them or disagree with them. He would have if he thought it was necessary. He had done that before. But Jesus doesn't say, no, I'm not restoring the kingdom to Israel. But he says instead, it is not for you to know the times or seasons. Or to put it in other words, he is restoring the kingdom to Israel. But the when, don't worry about that. Instead, he tells them the how. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The disciples were anxious to see Jesus finish what he started, and they will, and we will. As Jesus continues his work from the, his throne through the Holy Spirit, which he gives to the church, the new Israel, the old Israel was an earthly nation, had its time and place and purpose, but that's not the Israel Jesus will restore. Jesus made all things new through his life, death, and resurrection. So it's a new Israel that he's now restoring, a spiritual nation, not limited by time or geography, but including people of all time and places, past, present, and future. And this restoring will now take place through them, these disciples, now apostles, these followers turned sent ones, sent out into the world, to the ends of the earth, that through their preaching, through their sharing of God's word, the kingdom would be restored and grow because the spirit would work through that word. And so just as when Jesus was with them, the preaching will go on. The forgiving will go on. The baptizing will go on. The feeding will go on. But now through them. They're now enthroned Lord working through them by his Holy Spirit. When they speak, he speaks. When they forgive, he forgives. When they baptize, he baptizes. When they give Jesus' body and blood, Jesus is giving his own body and blood just as he did on the night when he was betrayed. And in this way, Yes, the disciples were quite right. Jesus is restoring the kingdom to Israel. So while the disciples could see their Lord no longer, for when he's ascended, we're told, a cloud hid him, hid him from their sight, they could still see him working. They could see the results. It's like if I come home from work and the table is set with a wonderful dinner all laid out, I didn't see my wife do all that work, but I see the results. I know what she did. And so too it is with Jesus' work now. We see people coming to faith and sustained in their faith. Little children, more mature folks, people from all walks of life, countries, and cultures. We don't see Jesus do it, but we know he did where, her, where his word is preached, people hear. And where people hear, they are baptized. And where they are baptized, they're absolved. And when they're absolved, they're fed. And this all happens. And where this all happens, there is the church, the new Israel. 
Jesus promised it would be so. And the apostles see this right away. Ten days after Jesus' ascension, he sends them the Holy Spirit, just as he promised. And Peter and the eleven preach and people hear. And hearing, they are baptized. Over 3,000 souls that very first day. And the apostles see the kingdom being restored, a new Israel growing. And it wasn't because of them. It was through them that Jesus was still working, same as he always was, only now even more, even greater. And so it will be until we finally do see Jesus again. As the angels told the disciples, this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then we will see him. Now we do not. But what we do see are the signs of his work, the results of his work. Maybe not 3,000 at a time now, but one soul at a time. And you know what? That's enough. Because remember what Jesus said, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now it's easy to doubt though. It's easy to doubt when we see the church persecuted, when we hear uh, of the church being divided and struggling, when we see the bride of Christ scorned and mocked, when we see the church marginalized and her sons and daughters martyred. We look at the world around us and, and everything else. Enthronement and coronation seem so very different from that reality that we see. But you know what? That's how it is. That's how it is with life under the cross. For we have not yet ascended. But we know that through the cross, the kingdom is being restored. The new Israel is growing. The kingdom is advancing, led by Jesus at the right hand of the Father through his spirit, by his word and sacrament given all over the world. Given here to you, for you that you be and remain a part of this new Israel until Jesus comes again to take you to his glory. And he will. He will, without a doubt. For he didn't ascend for himself, but for you. To rule for you, yes, but also this, that your human nature be where his human nature is forever. That just as he is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, so shall you with him. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? To have that promise, to know that promise, to live in that promise every single day. That's why the disciples returned to Jerusalem with great joy. That's the reason for our joy this night, too. For Christ is ascended, and we have been clothed with power from on high. The kingdom is being restored, yes, through you and me, equipped and empowered as his church. Amen.